0: Fiscal Update is a compilation of brief news articles published by the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency throughout each month. The articles cover actions taken at meetings of state boards and commissions, news releases from state agencies, updates on the status of the state budget, reports on audits of state and local government, and other items of interest to legislators and their constituents. If you would like to receive email notifications when individual fiscal update articles are published, please go to www.legis.iowa.gov slash subscribe, or you can follow us on Twitter at Iowa LSA. To view all charts and graphs coinciding with these reports, please go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab at the top and then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Under Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and search for a particular report. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 2, 2017 State Appeal Board Meeting, May 2017. The State Appeal Board met on May 1, 2017 in Des Moines. The Board took the following actions. Approved approximately $6,500 in general claims filed under Iowa Code Chapter 25 and denied two claims totaling approximately $4,900. Approved two tort claims filed under Iowa Code Chapter 669 for approximately $298,000. The Board denied tort claims totaling approximately $697,000. Settlements. The State Appeal Board approved two settlements. A payment of $616 to pay court costs related to an alleged violation of constitutional rights at the Iowa State Penitentiary in Fort Madison. And two inmates claimed that unconstitutional restrictions were placed on their ability to practice their faith while in prison. And a payment of $350,000 to settle a lawsuit that alleged negligence at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics, UIHC, for failing to make a timely diagnosis of a foreign object in a patient's eye. The patient alleged that the UIHC did not follow standard protocol, resulting in the complete loss of his eye due to an infection. The next regular meeting of the State Appeal Board is scheduled for June 5, 2017 in Des Moines. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561, and Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update. Fiscal Services Division, May 2, 2017. Iowa Alcoholic Beverages Commission Meeting, April 26, 2017. The Iowa Alcoholic Beverages Commission met on April 26, 2017 in Ankeny. The Commission took the following actions. Regulatory Update. The Commission received an update on legislation passed during the 2017 General Assembly. Pursuant to Senate File 516, passed by the General Assembly on April 21, 2017, and awaiting the Governor's signature, the Iowa Alcoholic Beverages Division, IABD, is directed to conduct a study of enforcement issues related to alcoholic beverage control, including consideration of how best to balance appropriate regulation of the manufacturing, distribution, and sale of alcoholic liquor, wine, and beer with emerging trends in the industry. In conducting the study, the IABD will also consider relevant issues relating to the three-tier system as it impacts the ability of manufacturers, wholesalers, and retailers to meet marketplace conditions and business opportunities. With input from stakeholders, industry members, and law enforcement, the division will submit a final report to the General Assembly by July 1, 2018. And the General Assembly passed House File 607 on April 17, 2017, and the bill is currently awaiting final approval from the Governor's Office. House File 607 makes several technical changes relating to matters under the purview of the IABD. The legislation updates definitions and reporting requirements, updates regulations relating to manufacturing of homemade beer, eliminates the, quote, AA license, category and streamlines beer permit procedures and allows native micro distilleries to sell and serve their products by the glass. House file 607 encompasses the recommendations of the working group on alcohol regulation policy commissioned by Governor Terry Branstead that met throughout the summer of 2016. Distribution study update. The commission was also briefed on the current status of the IABD's cooperation with the Department of Administrative Services informing and finalizing a a request for proposal RFP for establishing a public-private partnership in the distribution of alcohol across the state of Iowa. The RFP is scheduled to be released to the public on May 8, 2017. Evaluation of proposals will begin on August 19th, 2017 and potential final agreements will be made by March 15th, 2018. Final implementation of a potential public-private partnership is estimated to be completed by January 1st, 2019. Financial update. The commission also received an update on the current financial status of Iowa's alcohol industry. According to calculations provided by the IABD, fiscal year 2017 liquor sales for the month of March have increased 7% when compared to the same month in fiscal year 2016. Similarly, total order numbers for the month of March 2017 have increased 18.3% when compared to March 2016. Total revenue has increased 6.5% when comparing data from March 2017 to March 2016. The next meeting will be held on June 22, 2017 at 1 p.m. at the IABD's headquarters in Ankeny. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 8, 2017. Senate File 51, Cytomegalovirus, Public Health Initiative 51, Cytomegalovirus, Public Health Initiative. Senate File 51 creates a new initiative within the Center for Congenital and Inherited Disorders for a public health initiative to raise awareness of cytomegalovirus CMV and congenital cytomegalovirus CCMV among women who may become pregnant, expectant parents, parents of infants attending health care providers, and others as appropriate. The initiative requests the Center to create and publish or approve and publish informational material to be distributed to health care providers. Who would provide it to pregnant women and child care providers? The act also requires that if a child fails the newborn hearing screening, the child will be tested for CMV or CCMV within 21 days and the parents will be provided information regarding the birth defects caused by CMV. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 6, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 20, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Kenneth Holmes, Legislative Analyst 2, with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. Fiscal Update. Fiscal Services Division, May 3, 2017. Senate File 404, Right to Try. Senate File 404 allows an eligible patient with a terminal illness to obtain from a pharmaceutical manufacturer a drug, biological product, or device that is cleared Phase 1 of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration clinical trial, but has not yet been approved for general use in the U.S. without having to enter the clinical trials of the manufacturer. The bill creates no obligation for the manufacturer to supply the drug, no obligation for insurance coverage of the drug, no private cause of action against the manufacturer, and no liability of debts to heirs for treatment. The bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 17, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval by the Governor. If enacted, the legislation will take effect on July 1st, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Kenneth Ohms, Legislative Analyst 2, with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 3rd, 2017. Senate File 250, Mammogram Reports to Patients. Senate File 250 requires the Department of Public Health to adopt rules to require that facilities performing mammography services include information on breast tissue density in mammogram reports sent to all mammography patients. For patients categorized as having heterogeneously dense breasts or extremely dense breasts or an equivalent determination by a nationally recognized density graduation system, the report to the patient must include information on dense breast tissue, the increased risk associated with dense breast tissue, and the effects of dense breast tissue on screening mammograms. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 4th and signed by the Governor on April 13, 2017. The act was effective upon enactment. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Kenneth Holmes, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. Fiscal Update Fiscal Services Division May 3rd 2017 House File 617 Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship Updates House File 617 made changes to the Iowa Code to streamline operations in the Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, DALS. The majority of the bill provides for changing the name of the State Soil Conservation Committee to the State Soil Conservation and Water Quality Committee. Other changes include the following. Fees for various operating bureaus are doubled, but payment will be made every two years to save on administrative costs. Examples include egg handler fees, commercial feed fees, and fertilizer fees. Bulk commodity deliveries must be accompanied by two duplicate delivery tickets. The bill specifies information to be completed on the delivery tickets and the procedures for handling delivery tickets. A gasoline pump that dispenses ethanol blended gasoline that is higher than standard ethanol blended gasoline must have a sticker that states that the ethanol blended gasoline is for use in flexible fuel vehicles. And a commercial scale with a non functioning automatic weight recorder can be used for up to seven days if a repair is initiated. The user must manually record information and sign the weight ticket until the repair has been made. This bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 19, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozel, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 3, 2017. House File 591, Physician Supervision of Physician Assistance. Description. House File 591 makes the following changes to the Board of Medicine, BOM, and Board of Physician Assistants, PA Board. Requires the PA Board to notify a supervising physician if the PA Board commences a contested case hearing against a PA. Requires the PA Board to adopt rules to establish procedures for consulting and sharing information with the BOM regarding complaints that a PA may have been inadequately supervised by the PA's supervising physician. And creates a list of rules that the PA Board cannot amend or rescind without first submitting the amendment to the BOM and receiving approval to proceed. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 4, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 12, 2017. The act was effective upon enactment and retroactive to July 1, 2015. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Kenneth Ohms, Legislative Analyst II with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 3, 2017. House File 577, Lyme Disease Treatment. House File 577 exempts a doctor from disciplinary action by the Board of Medicine if the doctor recommendation or provision of treatment for Lyme disease or other tick-borne diseases involves a recommendation outside of the current standard of care and criteria is met around informed consent, reasons for recommending treatment, and a review of current clinical conditions and criteria, and the treatment will not result in the direct and proximate death or serious bodily injury of the patient. The act was approved by the General Assembly on March 21, 2017 and signed by the Governor on March 23, 2017. The act takes effect upon enactment. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Kenneth Ohms, Legislative Analyst 2, with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515 Fiscal Update. Fiscal Services Division, May 3, 2017. House File 393, Public Health Omnibus Act. House File 393 makes a number of changes to programs and activities within the Department of Public Health, DPH. Changes include the following. Permits the DPH to use the Sunday sales revenues transferred from the Alcoholic Beverage Division in the Department of Commerce, used for addictive disorder prevention efforts in communities to also be spent for other best practices in substance use disorder prevention. Currently, unspent funds by communities revert to the general fund, but this new language provides additional use if the funding is available. Makes the Gambling Treatment Program Operations report filed with the General Assembly an annual rather than semi-annual report. Revises provisions relating to the medical Home and Patient-Centered Health Advisory Council to conform to current activities and roles. Updates Iowa code language related to various workforce programs in the DPH. Repeals defunct and unfunded programs and councils. Makes a technical correction to facilitate the transition of the Iowa Health Information Network, IHIN, out of state government. Repeals and removes references to organized delivery systems prohibits the DPH from collecting Social Security numbers of individuals through the inpatient-outpatient database operated by the Iowa Hospital Association, and requires that the state registrar replace certified copies of birth certificates issued between May 1993 and October 2009 that were smaller than letter size and waives the fee for certified copies for replacement. The bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 13, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval by the Governor. If enacted, the legislation will take effect on July 1, 2017 except for the section related to the IHIN, which takes effect upon the assumption of the administration and governance by the network by the private entity. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Kenneth Ohms, Legislative Analyst 2, with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 5, 2017. Notice of Funds Transfer, College Student Aid Commission. Notice of Funds Transfer. The Department of Management has submitted a Notice of Intent to Transfer Funds under Iowa Code Section 261.20. College Student Aid Commission Request. The College Student Aid Commission has asked to transfer $60,000 from the Commission's Scholarship and Tuition Grant Reserve Fund to the For-Profit Iowa Tuition Grant Program. The transfer will fund a fiscal year 2017 shortfall in funding and hold harmless students who met The awarding parameters set by the commission at the beginning of the academic year. Iowa Code Section 261.20 grants authority to the commission to use the balance in the scholarship and tuition grant reserve fund to alleviate shortfalls in appropriations for other scholarship and tuition grant programs. Action on the transfer will not be finalized prior to May 18, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 5, 2017. House File 607, Alcoholic Beverages Division, Technical Updates. House file 607 makes several technical changes to matters under the purview of the Alcoholic Beverages Division, ABD, of the Department of Commerce. The legislation updates definitions and reporting requirements, updates regulations relating to manufacturing homemade beer, eliminates the, quote, AA license category, and streamlines beer permit procedures and allows native micro distilleries to sell and serve their products by the glass. House File 607 encompasses the recommendations of the Working Group on Alcohol Regulation Policy commissioned by Governor Branstad that met throughout the summer of 2016. The group was led by the directors of the Iowa Economic Development Authority and the ABD and consisted of stakeholders, industry members, and various interested parties. The legislation was approved by the General Assembly on April 17, 2017, and is currently awaiting approval in the Governor's office. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 5, 2017. End of Session, Senate File 516, Standing Appropriations. Senate File 516 makes adjustments to various general fund standing appropriations and results in a net decrease in appropriations of $12.2 million for fiscal year 2018 and $2.4 million for fiscal year 2019. The bill also transfers $131.1 million from the cash reserve fund to the general fund for fiscal year 2017. Senate File 516 appropriates $20 million from the general fund to the cash reserve fund For fiscal year 2018 and 111.1 million dollars for fiscal year 2019. Fiscal Impact. The 111.1 million dollar appropriation to the cash reserve fund fills up the state's reserve funds to the fiscal year 2019 statutory minimum of 763.2 million dollars and results in an estimated surplus carry forward in the general fund of 76.6 million dollars in fiscal year 2019. The fiscal year 2019 appropriation in addition to the $20 million appropriation in fiscal year 2018 fully reimburses the cash reserve fund for the fiscal year 2017 transfer of $131.1 million to the general fund. Funding Highlights Department of Education, Non-Public School Transportation, Limits the fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019 general fund appropriations to the Department of Education for non-public school transportation to $8.2 million. SAC and FOX Indian Settlement. Limits the fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019 general fund standing appropriations to the Department of Education for the SAC and FOX Indian Settlement to $96,000. Instructional Support. Suspends the general fund standing appropriation of $14.8 million to the Department of Education for the Instructional Support Program for Fiscal Year 2018. And Vocational Rehabilitation Services Division. Appropriates $107,000 to the Iowa Vocational Rehabilitation Services Division of the Department of Education for Fiscal Year 2018 to meet federal maintenance of effort requirements. Fiscal Impact The appropriation will allow the division to draw down an additional $394,000 in federal funds. Legislative Branch Reduces the fiscal year 2018 standing appropriation to the legislative branch by $400,000 and prohibits spending for out of state travel and organizational dues from the legislative branch budget for fiscal year 2018. Fiscal Impact Restricting travel and payment of dues will reduce legislative branch expenditures by approximately $440,000 in fiscal year 2018. Area Education Agencies, AEAs, reduces the fiscal year 2018 state school aid funding to AEAs by $15 million. Governor's Office, appropriates $150,000 from the general fund to the Governor's Office for gubernatorial transition costs for fiscal year 2018. Department of Public Safety appropriates $200,000 from the general fund and authorizes two FTE positions to the Department of Public Safety DPS for fiscal year 2018 to expedite the processing of sexual abuse evidence collection kits. Other provisions. Budget process for fiscal year 2019 requires state agencies to submit fiscal year 2019 budget information to the Department of Management DOM, and include all proposed expenditures, supporting data, and explanations requires the director of the DOM to consult with the Legislative Services Agency (LSA) concerning the provision of support data. Special funds salary adjustment fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019 permits salary adjustments to be funded from revolving trust or special funds for fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019 as long as the funding does not exceed the operating budgets established by the General Assembly. Operational appropriations fiscal year 2017 reversion requires the unobligated funds that state agencies are currently allowed to carry forward to fiscal year 2018 and spend for training and technology on purchases of products from Iowa Prison Industries to revert to the general fund at the close of fiscal year 2017. Special funds, salary adjustments, unappropriated monies. Permits salary adjustments to be funded from unappropriated monies remaining in various revolving trusts or special funds for fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019 for which the General Assembly has not established an operating budget. Judicial branch removes the assignment of space to the judicial branch in the capitol building and requires the legislative council to provide the judicial branch with the use of space in the state capitol for ceremonial purposes. Small Wireless Facility Siting Amends Senate file 431 Small Wireless Facility Siting Bill to make a technical change clarifying that the type of permit required By an authority is not a building permit, but rather a permit that sets forth certain conditions for siting a small wireless facility. Technology Modernization Fund creates a technology modernization fund under the control of the Secretary of State, SOS. Monies in the fund are appropriated to the SOS for purposes of modernizing technology used to fulfill duties of the office. Requires that no more than $2 million be credited to the fund in a fiscal year. The fund is repealed on July 1, 2022, fiscal year 2023. Merger Requirements Permits the sale of the property of the Iowa Braille and Sight Saving School as authorized in House File 642, fiscal year 2018, Education Appropriations Bill. Automobile Insurance Requires primary automobile insurance coverage maintained by a transportation network company driver or a transportation network company on the driver's behalf to be provided by an insurer regulated pursuant to Iowa Code Chapters 515 and 515i. Voter Identification specifies that the General Assembly declares that the appropriation to the SOS in House File 640, Fiscal Year 2018 Administration and Regulation Appropriations Bill is sufficient for the implementation of the voter identification card requirements specified in Division 2 of House File 516 Election Integrity Bill. Alcoholic Beverage Control Study requires the Iowa Alcoholic Beverages Division IABD of the Department of Commerce to establish an interim study committee regarding enforcement issues related to alcoholic beverage control. The division will submit its findings in a report to the General Assembly by July 1, 2018. Sexual Abuse Evidence Collection Kits requires that sexual abuse evidence collection kits identified during a survey conducted by the Crime Victim Assistance Division of the Iowa Department of Justice, or DOJ, in 2016 be maintained indefinitely by the law enforcement agencies possessing them. The law enforcement agencies are required to submit the kits for analysis at the request of the DOJ. Fine Arts repeals Iowa Code Chapter 304, a, which relates to provisions that require that no less than one half of one percent of the total estimated cost of the construction of a state building be included for elements of fine arts in the plans and specifications of the building. Weapons omnibus makes various changes to House File five hundred seventeen Weapons Omnibus Bill. Merchant Lines excludes above ground merchant lines from the definition of quote public purpose for the condemnation of private property this provision is effective upon enactment and applies to projects or condemnation proceedings commenced on or after the effective date vapor and alternative nicotine products tax the bill defines the term quote delivery sale for alternative nicotine and vapor products and subjects delivery sales to the sales use tax, fiscal impact. This provision subjects alternative nicotine product and vapor sales made through nontraditional retail processes to existing permit fees and the sales use tax. The state sales use tax rate is 6% with 1% point of that tax rate dedicated to local school infrastructure funding and the remaining 5 percentage points benefiting the state general fund. The revenue increase to the general fund is as follows. Fiscal year 2018, $765,000. Fiscal year 2019, $935,000. Fiscal year 2020, $1.1 million. Fiscal year 2021, $1.4 million. And fiscal year 2022 $1.7 million. The revenue increase to school infrastructure is as follows. Fiscal year 2018 $153,000. Fiscal year 2019 $187,000. Fiscal year 2020 $229,000. Fiscal year 2021 $280,000. Fiscal year 2022 and subsequent years $343,000. National Junior Angus Show amends 2015 Iowa Acts Chapter 132 to change the year from 2016 to 2017 for a $10,000 appropriation to the Junior Angus Association. Specifies that any unused or unobligated funds will not revert but will remain available for use by the Junior Angus Association. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Dave Reynolds, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division, of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6934, and Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 5, 2017. Board of Regents to consider increasing tuition rates. Telephonic meeting. The Board of Regents plans to meet by telephone on May 8, 2017 to conduct a first reading of a proposal to increase tuition rates for the 2017-2018 academic year. Final action on the proposal is scheduled for the Board's June meeting. Proposed rates. The Board originally set the 2017-2018 tuition rates in December 2016. The rates set at that time represented increases over the 2016-2017 rates ranging between 2% and 3% for both resident undergraduate and graduate students. The latest proposal increases those rates by another 3% for resident undergraduates. The rates for the resident graduate students would be increased by another 2.5% to 3%. The detailed tuition rate proposal is available on the region's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. To see the chart that accompanies this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled Board of Regents to Consider Increasing Tuition Rates. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 8, 2017. Vaterat College Instructed to Cease New Iowa Enrollment. In December 2016, the U.S. Department of Education, USDE, required an increased irrevocable letter of credit LOC from Vaterat College due to the college's failure to meet financial responsibility standards set for colleges that participate in federal student aid programs. Since December, the USDE and Vetterot have held discussions regarding the timing of the increased LOC, but the requirement has not yet been fulfilled. Vetterot continues to provide federal student aid funding to eligible currently enrolled Iowa students. New Iowa Enrollment. In a statement released May 5, 2017, the College Student Aid Commission said that until discussions between Vatterat and the USDE about the USDE's LOC expectations are satisfactory concluded, commission staff have instructed Vatterat College to cease new enrollment at the Des Moines campus and in online programs offered to Iowa residents. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update. Fiscal Services Division, May 8, 2017. House File 543, Drug Endangered Children. House File 543 amends Iowa Code Section 232.2 to further clarify a child in need of assistance or one in a child abuse case with child endangerment in both instances involving drugs and other substances. A drug-endangered child is a child whose parent, guardian, custodian, or other adult member of the household in which the child resides does any of the following. Unlawful uses, possesses, manufactures, cultivates, or distributes a dangerous substance in the presence of the child, unknowingly allows such use, possession, manufacture, cultivation, or distribution by another person in the presence of the child, possesses a product with the intent to use the product as a precursor or an intermediary to a dangerous substance in the presence of the child, or unlawfully uses, possesses, manufactures, cultivates, or distributes a dangerous substance as specified, in the child's home on the premises or in a motor vehicle located on the premises. The act allows a health care practitioner to perform drug testing on a child who presents physical or behavioral symptoms consistent with the effects of exposure to illegal and or non-prescribed drugs and may report any positive test results to the Department of Human Services, DHS. The Act specifies that a positive test result may not be used for the criminal prosecution of a parent. Upon receipt of information related to a positive drug test, the DHS will begin a child in need of assistance or a family in need of assistance assessment depending on the case and circumstances involved. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 18, 2017 and was signed by the Governor on April 20, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 8, 2017. Executive Council Meeting. The Executive Council met on Monday, May 8, 2017 and approved the following agenda items. Contingent Fund Loan Request. Pursuant to Iowa Code Section 29C.20, the city of Seymour in Wayne County requested and received approval for a contingency loan in the amount of $284,837 to cover costs associated with disaster response and recovery. Seymour was hit by an EF2 tornado on March 6, 2017 the tornado impacted the school and damaged or destroyed approximately 20 homes. On March 8, 2017, the Governor issued a Proclamation of Disaster Emergency. Litigation Expense Fund. Pursuant to Iowa Code Section 441.73, the Department of Revenue requested and received approval for authorization to expend $30,000 from the Litigation Expense Fund in the fourth quarter of fiscal year 2017. The fourth quarter litigation expenses are attributable to the miscellaneous matters involving centrally assessed properties. Emergency allocations. A total of $145,509 was approved and includes the following. $26,813 to repair Iowa Communications Network ICN cable damage due to erosion along U.S. Highway 63 in Wapello County. $37,560 to repair damage from a ruptured air conditioner coil in the data center of the Judicial Branch building. $4,302 to cover the state's share of flood damage not covered by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, at Backbone State Park and Yellow River State Forest, $3,488 to repair storm damage to the taut wire system at the Anamosa State Penitentiary and to the lagoon fence at the Luster Heights Camp, and $73,346 to repair damage sustained by the Iowa Law Enforcement Academy ILEA dorm rooms from a failed water valve. Payment of costs. A total of $32,054 was approved for various attorney fees in addition to the following. $5,774 to pay drainage taxes in the following counties. $588 to Cerro Gordo, $3,373 to Emmett, and $1,813 to Winnebago. Information item. The State Auditor's Office notified the Executive Council that $15,113 in funds previously allocated to the ICN to repair a cable damaged by frost along U.S. Highway 30 and U.S. Highway 17 in Boone, Iowa will be reverted back to the general fund and the allocations will be closed. The next meeting of the Executive Council is Monday, May 15, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 9, 2017. End of Session House File 526, Harassment or Invasion of Privacy. House File 526 creates an additional criminal offense related to harassment, invasion of privacy, and distribution of materials. Current law regarding invasion of privacy does not address situations in which the victim had given prior cons- consent to being photographed or filmed but not to dissemination of the photograph or film. This bill establishes one additional harassment offense of knowingly disseminating, publishing, distributing, posting, or causing the dissemination, publication, distribution or posting of a photograph or film showing another person in a state of full or partial nudity or engaged in a sex act without the consent of the other person. The bill also amends Iowa Code section 709.21 by eliminating the requirement that a victim have knowledge about being viewed photographed or filmed while nude or partially nude as a condition of the act of committing invasion of privacy. Both of these offenses would be aggravated misdemeanors punishable by confinement for no more than two years and a fine of at least $625 but no more than $6,250. There is no minority impact. Correctional impact. Based upon past history, it is estimated that there would be an annual increase of 15 aggravated misdemeanor convictions under this bill. Ten of these would result in a prison sentence and five in jail orders. The net increase to the prison population would be three individuals in the first year of implementation, fiscal year 2018, and six individuals annually after that. It is estimated that the fiscal impact of this bill would be minimal. The bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 19, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval by the Governor. If enacted, the legislation will take effect on July 1, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May tenth, 2017. End of Session House File 291, Public Employment Reform. Description, House File 291 relates to employment matters involving public employees, including collective bargaining, educator employment matters, personnel records and settlement agreements, city civil service requirements, and public employee health insurance. The Act makes a variety of changes to Iowa Code Chapter 20. The Public Employment Relations Act strikes language requiring the Public Employment Relations Board, PERB, to interpret and apply the provisions of Iowa Code Chapter 20 and makes changes to other code provisions relating to collective bargaining by public employees. The act requires the PERB to appoint A certified shorthand reporter to report state employee grievance and discipline resolution proceedings pursuant to Iowa Code Section 8A.415 relating to grievance and discipline resolution procedures under the state employee merit system and to fix a reasonable amount of compensation for such service and for any transcript requested by the PERB with such compensation taxed as other costs. The Act authorizes the PERB to contract with a vendor to conduct elections required by Iowa Code Section 20.15 on behalf of the PERB while requiring the PERB to establish fees by rule to cover the cost of such elections with the fees to be paid in advance of an election by each employee organization listed on the ballot. The PERB is required by Senate File 513 Economic Development Appropriations Act to retain the fees and use the fees as repayment receipts to cover the costs of elections, including vendor costs, FTE positions, and support. Administration and legal time and expenses will increase during the implementation of the changes for the PERB, the Attorney General's Office, cities, counties, schools, and the Department of Administrative Services, DAS. The additional expenses for the PERB to implement House File 291 are estimated to be $384,000 in fiscal year 2018 and $358,000 in fiscal year 2019 and each subsequent fiscal year. The PERB will utilize repayment receipts paid for. By the bargaining units to cover the additional costs. Additional expenditure changes from a variety of funds may result from other provisions of the Act. Fiscal impact. Sufficient information is not available to determine the total fiscal impact of House File 291. The Act was approved by the General Assembly on February 16, 2017 and signed by the Governor on February 17, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515 281 6256. Fiscal Update Fiscal Services Division May 15, 2017. Transportation Commission Meeting May 2017. The Transportation Commission met on May 9, 2017 in Ames. The topics covered included administrative rules. The Department discussed and the Commission approved the following proposed amendments to 761 IAC 405 and 761 IAC 450. Removes the requirement that a vehicle owner with a foreign salvage title first obtain an Iowa salvage title and complete a salvage theft examination of the vehicle before a new title without a salvage designation is issued. The requirement for an Iowa salvage title was removed for these circumstances. The rule amendment increases the salvage theft examination fee from $30 to $50. Of the $50 fee, $5 goes to the Department of Transportation, DOT, $5 is remitted to the general fund, and the remaining $40 is collected by the local authority administering the examination, and adds An exception to certain safety rules which allows for implements of husbandry to be towed on highways. Election of Officers. The commission approved the election of John Putney as chair and Kathy Furman as vice chair of the Transportation Commission. In addition to the election of officers, the commission welcomed two new members appointed by the governor to the commission, Nancy Mailer and Tom Riley. Revitalize Iowa's Sound Economy or RISE. The Commission awarded a RISE grant to Osceola County. The RISE program is funded by motor fuel and special fuel excise taxes per Iowa Code Chapter 315. Up to $209,000 from the county share of the RISE Fund was awarded to Osceola County for construction on Tyler Avenue and for the addition of a right-turn lane on Iowa Highway 9. This grant will support the creation of 19 full-time jobs. State Transportation Plan, Iowa in Motion 2045. The Commission approved and adopted the new State Transportation Plan. The plan is a long range document that guides federal requirements and investments in funding. The plan is updated every five years. Intercity Bus Grant Program. The commission approved two grants to the following recipients under the Intercity Bus Grant Program. Burlington Trailways was awarded $371,447 for the partial purchase of a new coach and Jefferson Lines was awarded $513,315 for the purchase of a new coach. The Intercity Bus Grant Program is funded by federal non-urbanized transit funding. 2018 to 2022 Iowa Transportation Improvement Program. The DOT presented a draft of the updated Iowa Transportation Improvement Program. This document programs investments of $3.5 billion in the primary highway system over the next five years. The program is available for public comment and is scheduled for consideration of approval at the next commission meeting. Informal workshop. During the informal workshop, the commission discussed modifications to the 2018 highway program for additional stewardship projects on the primary highway system. The additional investments are due to favorable contract lettings during fiscal year 2017. The commission also heard a presentation on House File 203. House File 203 was signed by the governor on March 23, 2017, and allows for cities and counties to swap federal road money for state road money from the primary road fund. The Commission will determine policies for federal road money exchanges over the summer of 2017 and is scheduled to consider approval by October 2017. The next meeting of the commission is scheduled for June 12th and 13th, 2017 in Coralville. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Michael Guancey, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-1286. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 15th, 2017. Natural Resource Commission meeting. The Natural Resource Commission met on May 11, 2017. The following items were discussed. New Commissioners. Two new commissioners were sworn in by Director Chuck Gipp. The two commissioners are Laura Hommel from Eldora and Tom Prickett from Glenwood. Legislative Session. Director Gipp discussed legislation passed during the 2017 legislative session, which made the following changes to the department's funding a reduction to the general fund operations appropriation in the Department of Natural Resources, DNR, reduced the 12.9 million dollar appropriation to 11.5 million dollars for fiscal year 2017 in Senate file 130 fiscal year 2017 budget adjustment act the act also allowed the DnR to use up to 1 million dollars from the open spaces account in the resource enhancement and protection or reap fund to pay for operations and maintenance at the state parks a second reduction for fiscal year 2018 reduced the general fund operations appropriation to 11.3 million in Senate File 510, Fiscal Year 2018, Agriculture and Natural Resources Appropriations Act. The act allowed the DNR to use up to $288,000 from the open spaces account in the REAP fund to pay for operations and maintenance at the state parks. And there was a discussion of House File 631, Natural Resource License Fee Increase Bill, which would have allowed the DNR to increase fishing and hunting licenses through the administrative rules process. The bill passed the House, but did not pass the Senate. The bill remains eligible for debate next year. Operations changes. Director Gipp also discussed how the department will be handling the decrease in appropriations. Changes include state park seasonal help will be reduced from 240 employees to 150 employees. If a state park has one FTE position that is a permanent position and the person employed in that position retires or resigns That state park will be closed. The Springbrook Education Center at Springbrook State Park has been closed. Activities at the center included teaching young adults how to hunt and fish. There is a hiring freeze at the DNR on positions funded with general fund or fish and game protection fund monies. If an employee quits or retires, the vacated position will not be replaced and further projections will be available when insurance costs and salary increases have been determined. Honey Creek Resort Update A semi-annual update was provided by Sherry Arntzen, DNR Executive Officer, on Honey Creek Resort, which is being managed by Delaware North Companies, DNC, Parks and Resorts, Incorporated. Also in attendance were Derek Zwicki, Regional Vice President, and Walt Kochanski, Honey Creek Resort General Manager from DNC. The following items were discussed. For year-to-date fiscal year 2017, total revenue was reported at $787,000 compared to the budget of $1 million. Delaware North Companies will be making an investment of $2.5 million to complete various projects and improvements. These include temporary housing for seasonal employees, upgrades to the conference center, a remodel of the gift shop, which will include an espresso bar and the construction of a wedding pavilion, a spa, and an outdoor swimming pool. And the DNR will complete several deferred maintenance projects, which include staining exterior wood at the lodge, staining wood in the great room, replacing doors, completing fence work, replacing the first floor subfloor, and installing new water park restroom partitions. The total estimated cost of the projects is $253,000, And the cost of the remaining work is estimated at $177,000. Land purchase. The following land acquisitions were approved. Iowa River Corridor Wildlife Management Area in Iowa County 85 acres were purchased for $70,000 from the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation. Funding included $35,000 from the wildlife habitat stamp and $35,000 from the National Audubon Society. The land is connected to public land on three sides and will be used for public hunting. Iowa River Corridor Wildlife Management Area in Iowa County 45 acres were purchased for $100,000 from the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation. Funding included $55,000 from the Wildlife Habitat Stamp and $45,000 from the National Audubon Society. The land is bottomland timber and is adjacent to public lands. North Raccoon River Wildlife Management Area in Greene County. 53 acres were purchased for $167,000 from a private landowner. Funding included $125,250 from the federal Pittman-Robertson Fund and $41,750 from the wildlife habitat stamp. The land has upland and bottomland woodlands, three open grassland areas, and a three-acre bottomland field. The land borders the North Raccoon River and will be used to improve water quality and wildlife habitat. And Oxford Junction Wildlife Management Area in Jones County. The DNR accepted a conservation easement adjacent to the wildlife management area for 85 acres. The easement allows the property to be enrolled into the Conservation Reserve Program. Additional information on this meeting and other Natural Resource Commission meetings is available at the DNR website. The next meeting will be on June 7th and 8th in Tama County. It will include a tour of the Tama County Conservation Board Nature Center. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deborah Cozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 15, 2017, Infrastructure Reports. The Legislative Services Agency has published a compilation of reports submitted to the General Assembly that describe expenditure of appropriations from the Rebuild Iowa Infrastructure Fund, RIIF, Environment First Fund, EFF, and Technology Reinvestment Fund, TRF. These reports are required by Iowa Code Sections 8.57, 8.57A and 8.57C. Per the statutory provisions, agencies must provide the status of all projects completed or in progress including description of the project, progress of work completed, total estimated cost of the project, list of all revenue sources being used to fund the project, amount of funds expended, amount of funds obligated, and date the project was completed or an estimated completion date of the project where applicable. The full report is available and print copies can be made available on request. Individual reports for participating agencies are linked. Individual reports, Department of Administrative Services, Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, Office of the Chief, Information Officer, Iowa Communications Network, Department of Corrections, Department of Cultural Affairs, Department of Education, Iowa Economic Development Authority, Iowa Finance Authority, Department of Human Rights, Department of Human Services, Department of Management, Department of Natural Resources, Department of Public Defense, Department of Public Health, Department of Public Safety, Board of Regents, State Fair Authority, Department of Transportation, Treasurer of State, and Iowa Veterans Home. To see the links that accompany this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled Infrastructure Reports. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Adam Broick, Legislative Analyst 2, with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-8223. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 15, 2017. End of Session House File 517, Weapons. House File 517 makes several changes to current weapons laws. The major changes include the following. States that... Possession or carrying of a dangerous weapon while under the influence is a serious misdemeanor unless the person is in their own dwelling place of business or on land the person owns or the possession is during an act of justified self-defense or defense of another allows that a person charged with failure to produce a permit to carry a weapon a simple misdemeanor can provide proof to the clerk of the district court that they had a valid permit at the time they were charged. This proof must be provided by Prior to the date of their court appearance, after which the charge will be dismissed by the court and the court will assess the costs of the action against that person. Makes changes in what is acceptable for firearm safety training courses to demonstrate knowledge for an initial permit to carry weapons changes requirements for firearms training by stating that after the initial permit to carry weapons is issued, no additional firearms training is required, creates a uniform-looking permit to carry weapons, and allows for confidentiality of permit carriers, eliminates the requirement for an annual permit to acquire pistols or revolvers, and allows instead for five-year permits. Eliminates the age restriction to possess a pistol or revolver if the person previously restricted under prior law is under the direct supervision of a parent or guardian and is at least 21 years of age. States that if a local government enacts or amends any local ordinance measure enactment rule resolution motion or policy regulating firearms that would contradict legality under state law and this adversely affects a person who that person may file suit for declaratory and injunctive relief for damages, allows for concealed carry of pistols or firearms in the Capitol building and the grounds surrounding the Capitol building, including parking lots and parking garages, eliminates the emergency power of the governor to prohibit possession of firearms outside of a home or business during a state or public disorder, eliminates the ability of the state to suspend the sale of of firearms during a disaster emergency. Also states that the emergency powers of the governor or other state official shall not be used to regulate or seize firearms or ammunition. Expands provisions in the existing quote stand your ground law to include that a person may be wrong in the estimation of the danger or force necessary to defend themselves as long as there is a reasonable basis for that belief and the person acts reasonably in the response to that belief. It also states that a person not engaged in illegal activity has no duty or retreat from any place where they are lawfully present before using force to defend themselves. States that a person commits a class D felony if they knowingly purchase firearms or ammunition in violation of Iowa law or federal law or if they knowingly provide false information with the intent to deceive a firearms dealer or seller. Allows that a loaded pistol or revolver may be carried unsecured on a snowmobile or all-terrain vehicle. Exempts target shooting by an owner or tenant of private premises located in the unincorporated area of a county from noise ordinances and prohibits the use of the bond schedule for persons arrested for intimidation with a dangerous weapon in violation of Iowa Code Section 708.6 or possession of a firearm by a felon in violation of Iowa Code Section 724.6, Subsection 1. The fiscal impact of this act is estimated to be minimal. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 6, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 13th 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 16, 2017. End of Session Fiscal Update 2017. The following article has five sections. The first three sections summarize the condition of the general fund, other state funds, and federal block grant funds. The fourth section is a list of links to articles on each of the policy bills that had significant fiscal impact or were otherwise of major interest. The fifth and final section is a list of links to the final action NOBAs for all of the appropriations bills. For more detailed information regarding the general fund and other state funds, the following documents are available. General fund balance sheet and support documents, general fund appropriations tracking, Other Funds Appropriations Tracking, Rebuild Iowa Infrastructure Fund, Technology Reinvestment Fund, State Bond Repayment Fund, Revenue Bonds Capitals Fund, Environment First Fund, Medicaid Fraud Fund, Quality Assurance Trust Fund, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families Fund, Healthcare Trust Fund, Hospital Healthcare Access Trust Fund, and Skilled Worker and Job Creation Fund. Each of these are linked. General fund fiscal year twenty sixteen. The fiscal year twenty sixteen general fund budget ended the fiscal year with a surplus of forty four point one million dollars. This was three hundred seven point six million dollars less than the surplus that was established at the time of The fiscal year 2016 budget was enacted during the 2015 legislative session and $31.2 million less than the revised surplus that was estimated at the close of the 2016 legislative session. Several factors contributed to the change in the surplus. Net general fund receipts for fiscal year 2016 ended the year at $254.4 million, 3.5% less than was originally estimated at the close of the 2015 legislative session. The original Fiscal Year 2016 budget was based on the March 2015 Revenue Estimate of the Revenue Estimating Conference, or REC, that totals $7.176 billion. During the 2015 legislative session, $11.2 million in net revenue increases were also enacted, resulting in estimated net receipts of $7.187 billion. In subsequent meetings, the REC lowered the estimate largely due to reduced projections experienced in personal and corporate income tax collections. Also contributing to the reduction was the enactment of Senate File 126 Internal Revenue Code Update Act, in February 2016 that reduced the revenue estimate by $97.6 million. The act conformed Iowa's revenue laws to most federal changes enacted from January 1, 2015 through January 1, 2016. The surplus carry forward the monies that carried forward from fiscal year 2015 to fiscal year 2016 was $367.3 million. This was $37.3 million or 11.3% more than estimated when the fiscal year 2016 budget was first enacted the increase of the surplus carry forward was the result of a larger than anticipated general fund surplus at the end of fiscal year 2015. Net appropriations after reversions were $79.3 million or 1.1% more than the fiscal year 2016 budget enacted during the 2015 legislative session due to the enactment of supplemental appropriations and year-end adjustments to standing appropriations. A net total of $72.4 million in supplemental appropriations and deappropriations appropriations were enacted for fiscal year 2016. This included supplemental appropriations of $82 million for Medicaid and $5.4 million for other programs. This was also $15 million in de-appropriations enacted that offset a portion of the Medicaid increase. Standing appropriations ended the fiscal year million dollars more than originally budgeted. The majority of the increase was the result of state appeal board and homestead property tax claims exceeding the estimated budgets by 4.1 million dollars and 4 million dollars respectively. Fiscal year 2017. The original fiscal year 2017 budget enacted by the General Assembly during the 2016 legislative session was based on a revenue estimate of $7.380 billion. In addition, the estimated carry forward from the fiscal year 2016 surplus at that time was $45.6 million. Net appropriations totaled an estimated $7.346 billion, resulting in an estimated surplus of $80 million. The REC met in December 2016 and lowered the fiscal year 2017 revenue estimate, by one hundred sixty eight point one million dollars or two point three percent in addition the surplus carry forward was twenty seven point four million dollars less than originally estimated the net impact of these changes resulted in an overall estimated decrease in available general fund resources of one hundred ninety five point five million dollars or two point six percent the revenue drop resulted in an estimated budget shortfall of one hundred twelve point seven million dollars for fiscal year two thousand seventeen In response, the General Assembly passed Senate File 130, 2017 Budget Adjustment Act, and the Governor signed the bill on February 1, 2017. Senate File 130 reduced general fund appropriations to state agencies and programs by $88.2 million, or 1.2%, and increased revenues by $25.2 million through the transfer of funds from various non-general fund sources to the general fund. The changes in Senate File 130 left an estimated ending balance of $0.7 million in the general fund. On March 14, 2017, the REC again lowered the fiscal year 2017 general fund revenue estimate, this time by an additional $105.9 million, or 1.5%. The revised revenue estimate resulted in a projected budget shortfall of $130.4 million. To bring the budget back into balance, the General Assembly included a transfer of $131.1 million from the Cash Reserve Fund in Senate File 516, 2017 Standing Appropriations Bill. The estimated general fund ending balance is now $1.6 million. Fiscal Year 2018. The Fiscal Year 2018 General Fund Budget enacted by the 2017 General Assembly was based on total available revenue of $7.371 billion. This includes the March 2017 revenue estimate of $7.365 billion and net revenue adjustments of $6 million enacted during the 2017 legislative session. The General Assembly appropriated $7.269 billion from the General Fund for fiscal year 2018, an increase of $9 million or 0.1% compared to the estimated net fiscal year 2017 appropriations. However, there were four appropriations that received significant increases relative to other state agencies' appropriations. These included state aid to schools, a one-time appropriation to the cash reserve fund, the family investment program, and child care assistance these four appropriations received increases totaling $76.7 million or 2.4%. All other general fund appropriations combined were decreased by $67.7 million or 1.7%. The general fund ending balance for fiscal year 2018 is estimated to be $106.9 million. The combined Balances in the state's reserved funds are estimated to be $625.1 million, which is $122 million below the statutory maximum of $737.1 million, 10% of the adjusted revenue estimate. The balance in the Taxpayers Trust Fund for fiscal year 2018 will remain at $8.2 million, as the required statutory criteria would enable the trust fund to receive additional funding was not met. Fiscal year 2019, the General Assembly appropriated a partial budget for fiscal year 2019, totaling $2.442 billion. This includes an appropriation of $111.1 million to the cash reserve fund, which fills up the reserve funds to the fiscal year 2019 statutory maximum of $763.2 million and results in an estimated surplus carry forward of seventy six point six million dollars in fiscal year two thousand nineteen the partial budget Funds the majority of state agencies' operating budgets at 50% of their fiscal year 2018 funding level. Other state funds. For fiscal year 2018, the General Assembly appropriated $1.214 billion from non-general fund sources, which is a decrease of $32.5 million compared to estimated net fiscal year 2017. The General Assembly also appropriated a partial budget for fiscal year 2019 totaling $707.3 million. Approximately 72 percent of the fiscal year 2018 other fund appropriations were from four sources. The Primary Road Fund, Health Care Trust Fund, Rebuild Iowa Infrastructure Fund and Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, T-A-N-F Fund. Federal Block Grant Funds. The General Assembly passed the Federal Block Grant Bill that appropriates federal funds made available from federal block grants and other non-state sources. Senate File 498 authorizes the receipt and expenditure of federal block grant funds totaling $426.3 million for FFY 2018 and $332.5 million for FFY 2019. The bill authorizes federal block grant funds on a federal fiscal year basis. The federal funding levels specified in Senate File 498 are based on projected spending authority as authorized by Congress. Legislation with Significant Impact Each of these is hyperlinked. School finance legislation, Senate File 166, Senate File 516, House File 564, House File 565. Senate File 230, health insurance premiums legislators. Senate File 234, texting while driving as primary offense. Senate File 238, sexual exploitation by school employees. Senate File 240, Student Statewide Assessments. Senate File 274, Computer Science. Senate File 358, Search Warrants, Electronic Applications to Court. Senate File 374, State Public Defender Office General Policy. Senate File 403, Equipment Rental Services Theft. Senate File 444, Safer Roads. Senate File 445, Law Enforcement Privilege. Senate File 446, Asset Forfeiture. Senate File 471, Abortion Prerequisites and Limitations. Senate File 484, Pharmacy Regulation. Senate File 489, Fireworks Legislation. Senate File 500, E-911 Consolidation. Senate File 501, Sheriff Fees. Senate File 504, Mental Health County Levy. Senate File 505, Home Buyer Savings Account Income Tax Exemption. House File 52, Interference with Official Acts of Court Bailiffs. House File 203, Secondary Road Fund. House File 233, Step Therapy Insurance Coverage. House File 242, Election Campaign Income Tax Checkoff. House File 263, Domestic Abuse Assault. House File 291, Public Employment Reform. House File 463, Motor Vehicle Enforcement and Commercial Learner's Permits. House File 478, Property Assessment Appeal Board Sunset. House File 516, Secretary of State, Election Integrity. House File 517, Weapons. House File 518, Workers' Compensation. House File 524, Medical Cannabidiol. House File 526, Harassment or Invasion of Privacy. House File 529, Occupational Safety Enforcement. House File 542, Unemployment Compensation Disqualifications. House File 548, Stroke Care. House File 566, School Board Elections on City Election Date, and House File 573, Home Rule. Final Action on Appropriations Bills. House File 640, Administration and Regulations Appropriations Bill. House File 510, Agriculture and Natural Resources Appropriations Bill. Senate File 513, Economic Development Appropriations Bill. House File 642, Education Appropriations Bill. House File 653, Health and Human Services Appropriations Bill. Senate File 508, Judicial Branch Appropriations Bill. Senate File 509, Justice System Appropriations Bill. Senate File 497, Transportation Appropriations Bill. House File 643, Infrastructure Appropriations Bill. Senate File 516, Standing Appropriations Bill. Senate File 130, Fiscal Year 2017, Budget Adjustment Bill and Senate file 498, Federal Block Grant Appropriations Bill. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Holly Lyons, Director of the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7845, David Reynolds, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6934, and Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. To see the chart and links that accompany this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled End of Session Fiscal Update 2017. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 17, 2017. State Child Care Advisory Committee Meeting, May 11, 2017. The State Child Care Advisory Committee met on Thursday, May 11, 2017 in the Legislative Dining Room at the Iowa State Capitol. The committee's Licensed Centers and Family Homes workgroups met separately to discuss each workgroup's main priorities and desired outcomes for Iowa's child care system. Licensed Centers Workgroup The Licensed Centers Workgroup discussed key priorities and the following were pinpointed as focus areas. Provider concerns such as limited workforce, unregulated, unregistered child care assistance, barriers to high-quality child care. The work group was concerned about early childhood credentials for instructors and child care professionals. Incentives to complete requirements needed to enter the profession, such as salaries and benefits, are often not enough to compensate for resources invested into higher education and credentials. The workgroup will collaborate with other subcommittees, such as Early Childhood Iowa Professional Development, to explore the issue further and provide recommendations. The work group discussed inviting other groups to present to the committee and discuss the work each is doing to address the child care access barrier market rate survey. The work group was interested in pursuing a five-year plan for bringing provider rate reimbursement in line with 75 percent of the current market rate. The Department of Human Services DHS has provided some estimates on the increased costs of providing child care when provider reimbursement is 75 percent of the 2014 market rate. Sliding scale recommendations and webinar. The licensed centers work group discussed developing a sliding scale webinar and providing technical assistance to child care centers interested in offering sliding scale payment options. Child care and economic development. The state child care advisory committee had a larger discussion about the economic benefits associated with access to high quality child care. The Seven Rivers Alliance Regional Authority, which is an economic development leadership council that encourages collaboration between northeast Iowa, southwest Wisconsin, and southeast Minnesota, is conducting research on this topic. The next State Child Care Advisory Committee meeting has not been scheduled but is expected to take place sometime in July 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 17, 2017. State Board of Education Meeting, May 2017. The State Board of Education met on May 11, 2017 in Des Moines, Iowa. The Board heard the Director's comments and a legislative update that focused on the end of the 2017 General Assembly and the actions taken by the Department of Education due to legislative changes. The board also reviewed administrative rule changes. Comments on the end of the legislative session addressed the following. Student statewide assessments. The department is in the process of completing the request for proposal as required by Senate File 240. Pathways for high school equivalency diplomas. The department is creating alternative pathways to high school equivalency diplomas as required by House File 473. Representatives from the department stressed that that the focus is on maintaining a high level of rigor for high school equivalency degrees while removing the barrier of a high-stakes assessment. Removal of third-grade retention and summer reading program requirements that were initially created by House File 215-2013 Education Reform Act and budget changes in the department. Social Studies Standards. The board heard a summary of the process of writing and reviewing the new statewide social studies standards. The board approved the new standards and the three-year implementation plan. Other Business. The board also heard a review of a number of programs under the department's purview, including changes to the Early Access Program to stay in compliance with updated IDEA, Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, requirements. The Visiting Teachers from Spain program and the 21st Century Community Learning Center's grants, which are funded through Title IV, Part B, federal funds. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jocelyn Garrett's Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 17, 2017, Executive Council Meeting. The Executive Council met on Monday, May 15, 2017 and approved the following agenda items. Outside counsel. The Attorney General's Office requested retention of outside counsel pursuant to Iowa Code Section 13.3 Subsection 1 in a workers' compensation case filed by a state employee, Mary Ellen Ward, versus Human Services Community Services Division, State of Iowa, and 2nd Injury Fund of Iowa. The Executive Council approved retaining Ryan Clark of the Patterson Law Firm in Des Moines to represent the second injury fund in the case. Emergency Allocations A total of $14,246 was approved and includes the following allocations. $5,386 to repair damage to scientific equipment due to a power surge at the DCI crime lab and $8,860 to cover the loss of laptops stolen from from the State Public Defender's Waterloo office. Payment of costs, a total of $143,379 was approved for various attorney fees in addition to $129,288 to repair costs sustained due to a geothermal leak at the Iowa Correctional Institute for Women, ICIW, at Mitchellville. The next scheduled meeting of the Executive Council is Monday, May 22, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update Fiscal Services Division May 19, 2017 Iowa Public Information Board May 2017 Meeting The Iowa Public Information Board, IPIB, met on May 18, 2017 in Des Moines. The board took the following actions. Accepted cases. The board accepted one complaint for further review. The complainant alleged that the Polk County Assessor violated Iowa Code Chapter 22 by failing to release certain property ownership records by enacting a policy that allows individual property owners to disable the name search feature on the Assessor's website. The matter will be investigated by the Board and presented at the July 2017 meeting. Dismissed Cases. The Board dismissed 15 complaint allegations, including three final reports that verified the completion of informal settlement agreements by all affected parties. The Board found that the remainder of the dismissed cases were either legally insufficient or did not fall under the Board's authority pursuant to Iowa Code Chapters 21, Open Meetings, and 22, open records. Additionally, the board voted to table an alleged violation of Iowa Code Chapter 22 involving a deceased inmate's telephone call recordings requested from the Page County Jail. Case Statistics. The board also received an update on the total number of complaints received in April 2017. The board received 33 formal complaints One request for an advisory opinion, 40 informal complaints, 145 informal requests, and 13 miscellaneous requests. According to data collected by the board, 16% of these complaints and requests were filed by the media, 46% were filed by private citizens, and 38% of all complaints and requests were filed by government entities. The next meeting of the Board is scheduled for July 20, 2017 in Des Moines. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 19, 2017, Iowa Economic Development Authority Board Meeting. The Iowa Economic Development Authority, IEDA, board met on May 19, 2017. The board took the following actions. Approved eight projects for direct financial assistance and tax benefits. The awards are to assist in the creation of 317 jobs and are expected to result in approximately $85.4 million in new capital investments. Approved STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. Internship program administrative rules. The proposed rules will reduce from $100,000 to $50,000 the maximum amount that may be awarded to any one employer. Approved four fiscal year 2018 vendor contracts totaling approximately $7.1 million. Funding will be drawn from various sources. Approved board officers and appointments and received financial reports from IEDA staff. Financial Summary. As of April 30, 2017, the following amounts remain unobligated. General Fund Operations, $4.5 million. High Quality Job Creation Program, HQJCP, $10.8 million and tax credit cap fiscal year 2017 allocation $71.2 million. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 22, 2017. 2017 Passenger Transportation Summit. The Iowa Department of Transportation, DOT, and the Iowa Public Transit Association hosted the fourth annual Passenger Transportation Summit in Ankeny on May 18, 2017. The goal of the yearly conference is to bring together passenger transportation users, providers, and policymakers to discuss public transportation trends and needs in Iowa. Riders, why do they use public transit? After opening remarks, The summit featured a panel discussion with passengers of multiple transit systems throughout the state. The panel members talked about the reasons they personally use public transit and the issues they face in navigating the system. Some reasons the users presented included cost of either a first or second car in a family, health, or disability that may prevent an individual from driving and newly arrived immigrants to Iowa. Technology in Passenger Transportation The next panel presented information on the use of technology in passenger transportation. Ty Tomasi of Disabilities Rights Iowa discussed the pros and cons of several apps available for passengers with disabilities and non-universal design issues users may face with bus stop locations. Brooke Ramsey of Heart of Iowa Regional Transit Agency, HIRTA, showcased internal dispatch technologies being utilized in appointment scheduling, and Kelly Angel from the American Cancer Society explained how software is aiding in volunteer driver coordination. Keynote address. Becky Harper from the Iowa Developmental Disabilities Council discussed mobility issues some passengers may face prior to embarking on a passenger transportation trip. Ms. Harper highlighted that transportation may May be thought of as a trip from point A to point Z. However, users may have difficulty even getting to point A. She also suggested that both users and providers should participate in solving these issues together. Transportation under Medicaid. Leon Moskowitz from Iowa Medicaid Enterprise discussed transportation benefits for Medicaid recipients in planning trips and highlighted the cost differences in reimbursements between urban and rural communities. John Breyer from Amerihealth Caritas gave an overview on how managed care organizations (MCOs) provide passenger transportation services under Medicaid. According to Mr. Breyer, 20% of all non-emergency medical transportation (NEMT) trips under Medicaid are on public transit. Mobility management in the Midwest. Jeremy Johnson Miller from the DOT discussed the department's role in Iowa's passenger transit system. Iowa is supported by 19 urban and 16 regional transit systems serving all 99 counties. Chad Egan from Missouri's MoRides talked about the challenges of reaching out to potential users of Missouri's mobility management systems. Mr. Egan appreciated learning from the work Iowa has done in mobility management. Jordan Snow from the National Center for Mobility Management, NCMM, talked about current trends at the federal level. Mr. Snow's presentation highlighted that the federal government is looking to states to continue to develop and formalize mobility management roles and the potential of using public funds to attract private finance and examine some pros and cons for supplementing passenger transit with transportation network companies or TNC. TNCs have successfully piloted transit programs for seniors at retirement communities. However, questions about the reliability of TNCs remain as some companies have ceased operations. The next passenger transportation summit has not been scheduled. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Michael Guansi, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-1286. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 23, 2017. Patient-Centered Health Advisory Council, May 2017 Meeting. The Patient-Centered Health Advisory Council met on May 19, 2017 in West Des Moines. Typical committee business includes an update on the Iowa Medicaid program and a legislative update. This year, House File 393 directed the Council to submit a report on palliative care by December 31, 2017, and the Council briefly discussed plans to begin that process. The social determinant of health topic for the meeting was exploring health inequities. The Council received presentations and had discussions about the following topics. Dr. Barry eng and Will Walker LISW, from Primary Health Care, discussed a provider's perspective on addressing disparities. Janice Edmonds-Wells with the Office of Minority and Multicultural Health in the Iowa Department of Public Health discussed health equity as a social determinant of health. A panel discussion with members of different advocacy organizations exploring health inequities in different population groups and a presentation from Joshua Barr, attorney for the Des Moines Civil and Human Rights Commission. The next meeting of the Council will be on August 11, 2017 in Des Moines. Additional information, including handouts, can be obtained from the Legislative Services Agency and on the Council's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Kenneth Ohms, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 23, 2017, Environmental Protection Commission Meeting. The Environmental Protection Commission held a teleconference meeting on May 23, 2017. The following items were discussed. Federal Budget. Bill M., Department of Natural Resources, DNR, explained that the federal budget for FFY 2018 would be released today. He also explained that this budget was the first step in the federal budget process and that the budget programs would be reviewed by Congress prior to finalization. Legislative Session The Department of Natural Resources Director Chuck Gipp discussed legislation passed during the 2017 Legislative Session, which made the following changes to the Department's funding. A reduction to the general fund operations appropriation in the DNR in Senate File 130, Fiscal Year 2017 Budget Adjustment Act, reduced the $12.9 million appropriation to $11.5 million for fiscal year 2017. The act also allowed the DNR to use up to $1 million from the Open Spaces account in the Resource Enhancement and Protection or REAP fund to pay for operations and maintenance at the state parks. And a second reduction for fiscal year 2018 in Senate file 510, Fiscal Year 2018 Agriculture and Natural Resources Appropriations Act reduced the general fund operations appropriation to $11.3 million. The act allowed the DNR to use up to $288,000 from the open spaces account in the REAP fund to pay for operations and maintenance at the state parks. Air Quality Fees The commission approved an increase in the federal Title V air quality fee from $67.50 per ton to $70 per ton. The fee increase will be effective on July 1, 2017. Additional information on this meeting and other Environmental Protection Commission meetings is available at the DNR website. The next meeting will be held on June 20th in Des Moines. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deborah Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update. Fiscal Services Division, May 24, 2017. Public Safety Advisory Board Meeting. The Public Safety Advisory Board, PSAB, met May 17, 2017 in the Legislative Dining Room in the Iowa State Capitol. Cocaine Research. The Board reviewed a draft of a report by the Criminal and Juvenile Justice Planning Division on Cocaine Penalties by the State. The Board will provide comments on the report at the next meeting. The Board also discussed the recent legislative changes related to crack-slash-powder cocaine penalties enacted in Senate File 445, Law Enforcement Privilege. The Board plans to continue monitoring the issue to determine if the Board should recommend further changes. ACTV Domestic Abuse Program Letty Prell from the Department of Corrections, DOC, presented on the Achieving Change Through Values-Based Behavior, ACTV, program for domestic violence in Iowa. The ACTV program is part of an effort by the DOC to improve offender outcomes. The program is a partnership between the University of Iowa and the DOC. Opioid Abuse in Iowa Dale Woolery from the Governor's Office of Drug Control Policy, ODCP, presented on the issue of increasing opioid abuse in Iowa. Woolery discussed the most commonly abused opioids and how they are obtained. There are several preventative programs already in place, including the Iowa Take Back Initiative for Drug Disposal and the Prescription Monitoring Program. Issues for next meeting. The board discussed several issues for the next meeting. Possible study of public safety benefits from the current mandatory six-month driver's license. Suspension requirement for drug offenses under Iowa Code Chapter 124. Review of Native American incarceration rates. Review of expungement procedures in other states for the purpose of the restoration of rights. Review of driver's license suspensions for non-driving related offenses to start measuring the costs and effects of this system. The Board is scheduled to meet Wednesday, September twentieth, 2017 at a location to be determined. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update. Fiscal Services Division, May 24, 2017. Criminal and Juvenile Justice Planning Advisory Council Meeting. The Criminal and Juvenile Justice Planning, CJJP Advisory Council met May 17, 2017 in the Legislative Dining Room in the Iowa State Capitol. Division Update. Sarah Finneran from the CJJP reported on several items. State Budget CJJP. The fiscal year 2017 budget was reduced mid-year by $72,272.00 or 5.7 percent and maintained at this same level for fiscal year 2018. Due to the budget reduction, a vacant Justice System Analyst position will not be filled at this time. Correctional Impact Statements The CJJP completed approximately 109 correctional and racial impact statements for bills filed during the 2017 legislative session. Approximately 21%, 23 out of 109, of the correctional impact statements were available to generate precise correctional impact estimates. Four of those impact statements described a decrease in correctional admissions for prisons, jails, and community supervisions. Approximately 12 impact statements provided precise estimates indicating a positive or negative racial impact. Evaluations. The research staff is continuing to conduct evaluations on projects implemented by other agencies including Department of Corrections, Judicial Branch, State Public Defender, Community Corrections, 8th Judicial District, and Iowa Department of Public Health. Legislative Updates. The Council discussed relevant signed legislation from the 2017 session and the plan to monitor Resultant Conviction Data. Issues for Next Meeting. The Council discussed the need for an update of the Results First Model, which has not been updated since 2012. The Council plans to prepare a report with the budgetary costs of updating the model. In addition, the Council discussed the possibility of having a presentation on results first to orient new members to the project. The Council is scheduled to meet Wednesday, September twentieth, two 2017 at a location to be determined. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update. Fiscal Services Division, May 24, 2017. College Student Aid Commission, May 2017 Meeting. The College Student Aid Commission met on May 19, 2017 in Des Moines. Among the items discussed were the following. Administrative Rules. The Commission approved noticing changes to administrative rules that result from the enactment of House File 642-2017 Education Appropriations Act during the 2017 legislative session. The most significant changes addressed are the inclusion of eligible foster care students in the All-Iowa Opportunity Scholarship Program, the expansion of the All-Iowa Opportunity Scholarship Program to cover four years of college instead of the current two years, the repeal of the All-Iowa Opportunity Foster Care Grant Program, and the inclusion of barber and cosmetology students in the for-profit Iowa tuition grant program. Partnership Loan Program. The commission approved entering into a memorandum of understanding with the Department of Revenue for collection services to be performed on delinquent loans. The loans in question were purchased from the Iowa Student Loan Liquidity Corporation's Partnership Loan Program between 1998 and 2006. Since 2012, a third-party collection agency has been under contract to try to collect on the loans but has refused to extend the contract any further. Annual revenue has steadily decreased. The commission attempted to sell the portfolio in December 2015, but no bids were received. In May 2015, the commission agreed to cease accrual of interest on the portfolio effective September 1, 2016. The Department of Revenue's Central Collections Unit, CCU, has agreed to accept placement of the delinquent loans and use its state collection resources. Under the agreement, additional defaulted student loan debt may be placed for collection. Commission staff indicated that the only such debt that might possibly be placed with the CCU would be defaulted loans under several now inactive forgivable loan programs. Also under the agreement, collection fees will be equal to 29% of all payments received by the CCU plus any other fees incurred by the Department of Revenue. Fiscal Year 2018 Budget. The Commission's Audit and Finance Committee presented a recommended budget for Fiscal Year 2018. The budget... Includes expenditures totaling $75.4 million utilizing annual revenue of $70.6 million and an additional $4.8 million from the Commission's operating fund balance. The commission approved the proposed budget. In a separate action, the commission approved transferring $3 million of anticipated fiscal year 2018 revenue from the Great Lakes Loan Portfolio to the Gear Up Scholarship Fund. The revenue would otherwise go to the commission's operating fund to support administrative costs. The scholarship monies will be used for the second cohort of Gear Up Iowa students. The students are completing their freshman year of high school this spring. In discussion with staff, it was noted that revenue from Great Lakes continues to come in higher than expected. Long-term planning. The commission authorized Executive Director Karen Mizjak at the direction of the commission's board structure subcommittee to enter into a contract not to exceed $100,000 for a consultant to assist in the subcommittee in its long-range planning work. Departing and new commissioners. The Commission President, Janet Adams, presented certificates of appreciation to the following commissioners whose terms end June thirtieth, 2017. Crystal Ford, representing borrowers with student loans. Fred Moore, representing independent colleges and university; Carolyn Wells, representing lenders. And Amy Brace, student member. The Commission also welcomed new members Rachel Johnson, representing the Board of Regents, and non-voting members Senator Jeff Edler and Representative Cecil Dolchek. The next meeting of the College Student Aid Commission is scheduled for July 21, 2017 by telephone. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 25, 2017 End of Session House File 524 Medical Cannabidiol House File 524 requires the Board of Pharmacy to adopt emergency rules if the U.S. Food and Drug Administration reclassifies any cannabidiol investigational products, allows the Board of Medicine to share Prescription Monitoring Program, PMP, data with any state, and establishes the Medical Cannabidiol Act. Currently, the PMP is only available to contiguous states and Kansas. Iowa Code Chapter 124-D, the Medical Cannabidiol Act of 2014, will sunset July 1, 2017. Assumptions of the Iowa residents with eligible debilitating medical conditions, as defined in the Act, an estimated 1.7%, 6,022, per year may apply for a medical cannabidiol registration card. Additionally, an estimated 359 caregivers will apply for cards. The timing and size of the workload for processing registration cards is unknown. Medical cannabidiol will not be available for purchase in Iowa until December 2018 and patients still need to discuss the options with their doctors so applications are assumed to be at most 25% of the estimated total application pool in the fiscal year. However, the Act also includes a provision for the Department of Public Health, DPH, to license two out-of-state medical cannabidiol dispensaries from a bordering state by December 1, 2017. Presently, no bordering state has laws that permit dispensaries to be licensed in other states. The DPH reports that under the current medical cannabidiol program, it takes 45 to 60 minutes to process a registration card application. The Department of Transportation incurs an expense of $10 per card issued. The Department of Public Safety DPS charges $15 for each state background check performed on eligible patients and caregivers. The act sets a $100 fee for the medical cannabidiol registration card. If the patient attests to receiving Social Security disability benefits or supplemental security insurance payments or is enrolled in Medicaid, the fee is $25. An estimated 41.7% of applicants will qualify for the reduced fee. The caregiver card application fee is $25. It is unknown how many business entities will apply to become licensed medical cannabidiol manufacturers and medical cannabidiol dispensaries. The application fee is $7,500 for manufacturers and $5,000 for dispensaries. Comparisons to other states are difficult to determine due to provisions allowing patients to grow their own cannabidiol plants or unrestricted cultivation and production. Generally, other states have experienced many applicants per limited medical cannabidiol manufacturing and dispensary license. It is assumed that there will be four initial manufacturer applications and ten initial dispensary applications. Only successful licensees will apply in the second year. Application fees will not be charged by the DPH for renewal licenses. The DPH will require staff and funding to implement and administer the program before there is sufficient fee revenue available to sustain the program. There will also be costs associated with providing promotional materials and education to healthcare providers, processing applications, confidential database development updates and maintenance for patients, manufacturers and dispensaries, confidential database development for the medical, cannabidiol, inventory and delivery tracking system, drug formulary development, board administration and oversight. The DPH will have some discretion on how to implement some of these items. Based on the licensing timelines in the Act, manufacturer application fees will probably not be submitted until sometime in October 2017 and dispensary fees will probably not be submitted until sometime in January 2018. The DPH will assess the manufacturers and dispensaries appropriate fees associated with the cost of regulation inspection and the salaries of two agents of the division of criminal investigation DCI of the DPS for inspection These fees are to be established by administrative rule and will not be implemented until fiscal year 2019. The state hygienic laboratory will contract with a manufacturer for the testing of medical cannabidiol for content contamination and consistency. The manufacturer will pay the cost of laboratory testing, but the hygienic lab will incur costs associated with developing the testing methodology before it begins charging a fee For testing products. The DPH will need to supply the DCI agents required by the Act with the usual amount of support costs that are not provided for by the fees. The fiscal year 2018 costs of the agents' salaries will not be covered. And the Chronic Conditions General Fund appropriation includes $22,100 for the current program. Fiscal impact. Due to the delay in fee revenue, initial work associated with reviewing, licensing, writing rules, developing databases, development of drug formularies, the providing of education and promotional materials to medical professionals and patients, costs for the DPS not covered by fees, and the testing of methodology development, the first year initial funding needs are estimated at $1.5 million over the current appropriation. The second year of the program may be a fee sufficient if it launches House File 653, Fiscal Year 2018 Health and Human Services Appropriations Act, contained $22,100 from the general fund for the continuation of the current program. The Department of Operational Needs for Fiscal Year 2018 total $1,488,900. The Department of Public Health $1,174,900. The Department of Transportation, zero. The Department of Public Safety, $214,000. And Board of Regents, $100,000. Minority Impact. This act creates new penalties for processing or using medical cannabidiol in violation of New Iowa Code Chapter 124E. Since these would be new crimes, there is no historical data and no minority impact can be determined. Refer to the Legislative Services Agency, LSA, memo addressed to the General Assembly, Minority Impact Memo, dated January 30, 2017, for information related to minorities in the criminal justice system. Correctional Impact. The correctional impact of the act cannot be estimated because the act creates new penalties for crimes of possessing or using medical cannabidiol in violation of New Iowa Code Chapter 124E. There is no data to provide a correctional impact projection. There is a table that shows estimates for sentencing to state prison parole probation, or community-based corrections, residential facilities, length of stay, LOS, under those supervisions, and supervision marginal costs per day for convictions of Class B, C, and D felonies, aggravated misdemeanors, serious misdemeanors, and simple misdemeanors. Refer to the LSA memo addressed to the General Assembly Correctional Impact Memo, dated January 30, 2017, for information related to the correctional system. Correctional fiscal impact. The correctional fiscal impact for the new violations cannot be estimated because the number of possible convictions cannot be estimated. The state's cost for one conviction under the Act would range from $9,500 to $33,700 for a Class B felony, $7,500 to $18,600 for a Class C felony, $6,300 to $12,300 for a Class D felony, $3,100 to $7,000 for an aggravated misdemeanor, $250 to $4,200 for a serious misdemeanor, and $30 to $330 for a simple misdemeanor. The Act was approved by the General Assembly on April 21, 2017 and was signed by the Governor on May 12, 2017. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Kenneth Holmes, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200 and Alice Wisner Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May thirtieth, two 2017. President's Budget. Major discretionary and mandatory program funding for FFY 2018. Federal Budget Recommendations The White House Office of Management and Budget released budget recommendations for federal fiscal year 2018. The federal funds information for states provided a summary of significant federal discretionary and mandatory grant funding changes on May 23, 2017. Federal Grant Funding Changes the state in FFY 2018 as recommended by the White House will be addressed in a future fiscal update article. Budget Control Act Impact under the Budget Control Act of 2010, mandatory programs subject to sequestration receive an automatic cut minus 6.9% in fiscal year 2017 and minus 6.6% in FFY 2018. Health and Human Services Mandatory Grant Reductions The FFY 2017 Omnibus Act extends temporary assistance for needy families, TANF, and child care entitlements to states, through FFY 2018. It sets aside 0.33% of the TANF block grant to fund research and evaluation activities previously transferred from the TANF contingency fund. Department of Commerce, the FFY 2018 budget eliminates the Economic Development Administration but provides $30 million as well as unobligated balances previously appropriated for the provision of services previously performed by the EDA, including the oversight of grants awarded. The staff contacts for this fiscal update. Our angel banks adams legislative analyst with the fiscal services division of the legislative services agency at 515-281-6301 and deborah Kozel. Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. To see the charts that accompany this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled President's Budget, Major, Discretionary, and Mandatory Program Funding for FFY 2018. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, May 30, 2017. Federal Funds for Fiscal Year 2017 Update. Federal Budget. The President signed the 2017 Consolidated Appropriations Act on May 5, 2017. The Federal Funds Information for States provided a summary of federal grant programs by state on May 12, 2017. The report includes several fiscal years and includes an estimated amount of spending for FFY 2017. Midwestern State Comparison It is estimated that Iowa will expend $6.2 billion for FFY 2017. This is an increase of $175.4 million compared to FFY 2016. Medicaid Comparison In Iowa, Medicaid expenditures represent approximately 50% of all federal fund expenditures. Proposed FFY 2018 Budget The FFY 2018 Budget was released on May 23, 2017 by the Federal Office of Management and Budget. Additional information will be made available soon. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Deborah Cosell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767, and Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. To see the charts that accompany this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled Federal Funds for Fiscal Year 2017 Update.